Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, the 27 Guy. Thank you for downloading the episode today. Uh, today is Tuesday, the 14th of June. Um, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about in the world of basketball. Um, we, um, But before we talk about those things... Let me just kind of set up what the next couple of weeks are going to be like on the show. Because um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Not only is the NBA season going to come to an end here in the next two games, um, maybe next game, um, but the draft is less than two weeks away. Actually, I think it's almost... I think it's nine days away, which is pretty crazy when you consider there still might be two games left. Um, and if the season ends, I believe it will end on Sunday, and so the draft would be five, uh, f- just a few days later um, on Thursday, which is pretty nuts. Um, I'm a big draft geek. I love the draft, and um, could talk about it forever. I've already done a lot of my due diligence on prospects and on what I think various teams should do and will do, and um, I'd like to talk about that. And obviously the implications for the hobby, uh, as well as uh, re uh, talk about what happens here in this in these next couple of games after they happen, as well as talk about the big pro uh, the big products that will come out here in the next couple of months. I believe we know that there will be an immaculate this year, and we believe that there will probably be a flawless, and there will probably be an eminence. We don't know about those last two for sure, but given the given the way that the high end has trended the last several years, it seems to make more sense that they would be made than that they wouldn't be made. So we'll talk about those things over the course of the next few weeks. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of stuff for us still to talk about, and um, we don't have the time to talk about most of it in this episode. But um, Oh, and then the other thing is... I want to do a, sp- a podcast specifically on how the um, the problems that the NBA has right now uh, with its structure, everything from tanking to the inequity between the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. And I have some really strong feelings on that. Some things that you may have considered before, um, but I think it's pretty different. And I think that... For those of you who are not only basketball card guys, but really junkies of the sport and and love to consider how to fix problems from both a macro and a micro perspective, um, I think that that may be interesting to some of you. I know it's certainly interesting to me. So anyway, um, before we get to the main stuff today, which will be the series, the Cavs and Warriors series, I want to mention... Uh, I want to plug real quick and uh, a post that I did on my blog today. Uh, it, it posted. It was what I believe is likely to be the final version of my Eminence build a case. It's uh, in. It's about seven months in the making at this point, and um, as a lot of you know, I kind of set out to create the best case of Eminence that I could using a box that had. Two, obviously the two trays, five, four spots in the on the back and are on the second tray, and five spots on the on the front tray 
four horizontal spots, five vertical spots. And my goal was to create the best case that I could with the most variety that covered the, the greatest players in the history of the game uh, with um, a bias towards more recent players, the best patches, the best autographs, the most limited cards. I tried to create the best case that I could with symmetry around all of it. And I think I did a pretty good job. I'm that's not that's not a good way to put it. I, I really feel great about how I about what I was able to do. And for me, it was one of the coolest things that I've done in the hobby in a really long time. So I was able to add m a couple final cards here, luckily, in the last week. Uh, and uh, those two, not spoiler alert, but those two are the Chris Paul 101 Platinum USA Auto Patch and the one of one platinum gilded graphs Dirk Nowitzki. Um, I don't think I mentioned that the auto patch was Chris Paul. <laughs> I should probably should have mentioned that. But um, anyway, I have to say a huge thanks to two people for the Dirk, um, two members on Blowout, one who I have dealt with several times in the past and is one of the more trustworthy kinder, easier to deal with people on, on the boards. His name's Pigeons Baseball. Uh, thank you, dude. Really appreciate you uh, for, for helping me acquire that. And then to Griff Fan, who pointed it out to me that it was on Check Out My Cards. Um, really appreciate that, too, because that's not a site that I typically uh, search on. So thank you, thank you, thank you to you, to, to both of you. And to everybody who helped me with the case, I really enjoyed it. And now I'm kind of at this funny spot with 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 the case where I, I really like it and it's kind of complete. And I haven't been very good in the past about keeping things that I've that I've worked on like that. There was the Anthony Davis uh, stuff a couple of years ago, and then before that, there was some there was a big flawless project that I did the first year flawless came out and. I've been quick to, to let stuff go in the past, and I don't really want to do that this time, and so hopefully I'll have the strength to uh, avoid the temptation to sell. I've had, um, I haven't, I haven't, I've, I've only marked one of the cards publicly for sale, and that was the Steph Curry auto patch, um, and I did that because I was just so mad when they beat, when they beat the Thunder, I was just so mad at that Warrior team, but uh, as soon as that 30-day listing is over, I won't be relisting that card because that's an important part of the case. Um, anyway, I'm going into more detail on that than I meant to. I, I just wanted to say, if, if you have a chance to go check it out, check it out. I really um, I really liked it, and I really like putting it together, and I think you'll appreciate it too. Again, follow me. Uh, tweet. You can tweet me or tweet me any questions you have or uh, message me any questions you have and follow me uh, at the 27 guy um, and I will answer your questions kind of as they come in I don't think we had any questions this week I, I may have missed I may have missed a, one or two but if you have anything that you'd like us to talk about here on the show please do um, okay so let's talk about the important stuff the series has been uh, really an interesting series in that most of the games have been blowouts. The one kind of closer-ish game, game four, went the way to, of the Warriors, and the series was 3-1, and everyone had 
completely written the Warriors or written the Cavs off until the NBA uh, suspended Draymond Green for um, again really uh, unintelligent move at the end of a game at the end of Game Four uh, where he hit LeBron James where he wasn't supposed to. It certainly looked like it was deliberate and the rule in the playoffs is that if you get four flagrant foul points that you are suspended for a game and that's the rule and so he wasn't suspended uh, because of the the foul um, just because of the foul he was suspended because of the points that he accumulated and I think a lot of people don't understand that but given the, the this audience and what this audience is made up of I'm pretty sure most of you knew that so Draymond missed the game and the Cavs came out and their two best offensive players LeBron James and Kyrie Irving were incredible shot makers and really shot at a phenomenal phenomenal historic level I think uh if I remember right, Kyrie went 17 of 22-ish from the field with several three-pointers uh, as well. I think they were something like 9 for 15 or something like that from from three combined. LeBron was unbelievable for about three quarters, and then Kyrie really just carried him the rest of the way. There was a moment about about four minutes into the fourth quarter where LeBron came down court, he didn't look to do anything, and he just gave the ball to Iman Shumpert. And it hit me that he was going, it felt, it felt to me as if LeBron was going to his bad place. And what I mean when I say his bad place, those of you who have watched him a lot know he's not, he's not the man at the end of games. Case in point, Miami versus San Antonio game six the first year that they played in the finals he turns the ball over twice in the last three minutes of the game and almost gives the game away uh, to the Spurs and almost gives the championship to the Spurs if it weren't for two Chris Bosh um, rebounds on LeBron James misses and a three-pointer by Ray Allen they don't win that series and everyone would remember the two turnovers by LeBron, but Miami did win, as you know. And that's not the only time he he just he's got the he, you can see the look in his eye. I can I can see the look in his eye when he's scared of the moment. Um, and for me, that's one of the reasons why LeBron will never be the best ever is because he's not a killer in that way. At least that's my perception. I don't I don't see him that way. Um, and so he looked like that he was going to that place to me in game five. And then Kyrie Irving came out and, in, and for about four straight possessions did unbelievable things. He came straight out of the timeout, got the ball, got fouled and hit the shot. And it looked like it was going to be a three-point play. But the, the rest said, oh, you know, we're not going to give you a continuation on that. And it could have probably gone either way. They probably made the right call. They throw the ball in again. Kyrie gets it again and goes and gets another, gets hits the shot and gets fouled. He had a couple of plays where he had Steph on skates. He had another three, and I think he maybe even had another three-point play. He was unbelievable for a four or five-play se sequence. 
in a, in a way offensively that almost no one can do. It made me feel a little bit like he gave the Warriors a little bit of their own medicine where the Warriors at times just feel like they're completely unguardable. Kyrie Irving for a few moments in Game 5 was unguardable in the fourth quarter, and it was the sort of thing that it's that, that was legendary stuff. I, I didn't know that Kyrie Irving had that in him. He just he just looked like he didn't... I mean, he, he looks like he understands the moment. They, to be fair to both teams, they both understood the moment. You could feel it in the middle of the third quarter. It was a it was a big deal, but the Warriors couldn't pull it out. And so, here we go to Game Six. Game Six is um, on Thursday, and it's in Cleveland. And Draymond will be back, and that's where they won the championship last year in Game Six in Cleveland. This is not unfamiliar territory, but this time you have a healthy Kyrie Irving and um, maybe not totally healthy, but you have Kevin Love. Kevin Love was terrible, um, at least offensively. Uh, he was terrible defensively too. He's He is a decoy. He's a guy who, who they have to guard, so he still has value. Um, and the analytics people out there definitely understand that. Even if a guy is not scoring, if he can, if he has gravity, um, he can change the course of the game, and so you can't undervalue that, and it's very difficult to actually quantify that. His plus-minus was good, though, and that's one way of trying to look at it. Um, but they, like I said, they pulled it out, and we go to game six. So that's where we are. That's where we're going, um, and we've talked a little bit about what Kyrie and what LeBron did. I think what's interesting is, from a historical perspective, if the Cavs pulled this, I think from a real historical perspective, I'm not sure how incredibly vital this is to LeBron's, um, to LeBron's place in the sort of hierarchy or what Bill Simmons calls the pyramid of the great players ever. I think most people have LeBron, I, I have him around eight all time. I think most people have him around four or five. Um, some people have him as high as two. I don't think anyone has him as number one. Um, at least nobody who I've heard of who I think is a really well-developed basketball mind. So if he wins this, where does he go? If he wins the championship this year, I'm not sure he climbs that hierarchy at all. He's still top eight. I don't know that he gets into the top five, in my opinion. Maybe he does. Maybe he gets there. To get to, he's he's never going to be number one. I mean, he would have to win several more championships to get number to number one. I guess maybe there's the chance that he can do that. I don't want to totally write that off, but from a perspective of what this changes, what this does for this Golden State team, they're either you know they're either a legendary team that wins multiple championships in a row that has the most wins in NBA history, followed up by the cha by a championship. Or they don't. And so for, for them, I feel like their history here is huge. And I feel like there's more pressure on them to win these next two games than there are, is on the Cavs. Golden State was expected to win this. I had Golden State winning the series in five games. I actually believe they would have won it in five games if Draymond wouldn't have gotten hurt. But I think there's more on the line for them than there is for Cleveland. And if that game goes, if that series goes to a game seven, you just don't know what's going to happen. 
And so I'm I'm excited for it. I hope that I just hope that Cleveland wins on game wins game six and that we get to see a game seven and we get to see somebody's legacy really written in a way that's super positive, whether it be Golden State's legacy or Cleveland's. I don't even care. I really don't even care who wins. But I hope we get to see that because I think that would be really cool. I don't I don't think there have been more than four or five game sevens in the last 30 years in the finals. And so uh, that would be really, really awesome. So that's what we're going to root for. Um, I think, I think as we think about, as we think about how this series could go and what it could mean for the individual players too, from a hobby perspective, I think you have to look at who has the potential to win MVP and in the his and in the history of the league, I don't know that there's ever been a, a series that's been five games in where the MVP position was so wide open. I think you can legitimately make a case for six players in this series still having a, a, a chance at winning the MVP. I think had Golden State won last night, the MVP probably would have gone to Andre Iguodala, given the defense that he's played on LeBron and the important role he's played offensively, and he was one of their best offensive players last night, which would have made Andre Iguodala one of very few players in the history of the league to be a two-time MVP. I think if um, Draymond had been at last night's game rather than being suspended, he would have been the front-runner to win, to win the MVP because, of again, the defense he's played. Both sides of the ball, he's been incredible. Clay saved them and has been unbelievable offensively. And Steph obviously had the one really great game. And, um, you know, if he has one more really great game, that's enough for him to, to win the MVP. So there's legitimately four guys on Golden State. And then for Cleveland, I don't know who you would give it to. Kyrie has, th th I believe, 30 points in four straight games in this series, including 41 last night. And LeBron is LeBron, and I don't know how you can separate those two and say which one's been better. I think it's hard to do that. I think I'd probably lean towards Kyrie, but he's not the engine that makes everything go. So from a hobby perspective, even more so than from like a historical perspective, this series still can go so many different ways, and values can be affected in so many different ways. Now, if Iguodala wins it, that's probably the worst thing that can happen in terms of people and gains because his story is mostly written. He was a rookie in 2004. He doesn't have a whole lot of super high-end stuff. Although maybe you start looking at his exquisite rookie and his exquisite rookie it doesn't sell for that much. Maybe people say, hey, that's a card that I have to have, and suddenly it's a, it's a $1,000 card. I mean, is that possible? That would be a huge jump from what it's at. I haven't looked it up, but I can't imagine it's more than a couple hundred dollars. And then you have, uh, um, so, so that, would, that would probably be the worst thing from a hobby perspective. Um, Steph or Clay, I think, you know, despite the fact that they're s still super high, um, and Draymond too, uh, an MVP would add to any of them. Um, maybe the least amount to Steph. Steph, I think his stuff's probably taken a little bit of a hit, feels like it has at least, in these finals. It probably should take a little bit of a hit after the unanimous MVP season that he had to look like um, the inferior point guard in several games this series, I think is significant. Um, but the person who I think maybe has the most to gain out of all of it is LeBron. LeBron has been written off this last year, year and a half, 
as the greatest player in the world. And for the first time after last night's game, I heard a few people saying, remember this is who he was. This is who he can be. And if he goes out and he wills his team to a championship that he wasn't supposed to win, it just does stuff for his for his collectability that can't be can't be underestimated. So, and Kyrie, I, after what he did last night, I, I I saw a bunch of his a bunch of his stuff got sold quickly, and a bunch of people listed his stuff quick because I think people understood the magnitude of that. So. There's a lot of ways that these things could go. I think it's exciting to, to think about. Um, I think this series is is awesome. I think the playoffs have been have been um, for a, a large for many of the series not super interesting, but the conference finals with OKC, Golden State, and then these finals have just been really a joy to watch and super competitive. Even if some of the games in this series haven't been close, uh, you can see that both teams have clearly been better at different times. And um, I hope that we just get to, to have an awesome end of the series. Um, like I said, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a lot of draft. We're going to re recap the rest of the finals. We're going to talk more about the high-end products. We're going to then have a podcast about how to fix the NBA. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. As always, appreciate you guys. Hit me up at the 27 guy. And let me know if you have any questions or if there's anything else you'd like to talk about. Uh, conversational podcasts are still in the planning. They will happen, I promise. You guys are awesome. Again, thanks to Griff Fan and Pigeons Baseball for helping me out on that Dirk uh, Eminence card. Really appreciate you guys for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I will see you guys next Tuesday. As always, every Tuesday. Until next time, happy collecting.